There's an economist uh, 200 years ago or so, sounds about right, but the uh, exact date doesn't come to mind, that uh, said that the biggest problem in all of history and uh, in the whole world is rent. That the rent is too dang high, as uh, the <laughs> a candidate for office said a couple years ago, some time ago. <laughs> so few would dispute except people that don't rent anything and just rent things out, that the, the rent is always high, no matter what it is. And we would all like it to be lower, except those of us that wouldn't benefit from it being lower. But at the same time, to say that that's the biggest problem that there ever was, is, or will be, that there's nothing else. Right? Forget about war, forget about disease, forget about poverty, forget about violence and strife and hate and ignorance and all kinds of things, but just the rent, that's the only thing. Is that reasonable? We don't even have to answer. Of course it is. No, it's not. <laughs> All right, so how, does, how do these things happen? We see that this kind of thing is not an isolated uh, phenomenon. And uh, in fact, it's, it's altogether common that uh, both throughout history of what the meaning as it concerns the records that remain and all the way up until or to the present day, uh, there are people that go to extremes uh, with a certain idea. Whether it's like this, with, with the, the rent is, is the biggest problem of all, or uh, somebody else, uh, the solution to anything and everything, uh, the, all problems that there can ever be is to simply uh, never ever fight back. That's it, right? There's not, not, no other progress is needed, no other uh, efforts. Just don't fight back. If, if people come to kill you, let them kill you. If another country wants to uh, invade you, let them invade you and, and, and destroy everything and kill everybody, right? There's people also like that that have uh, made their whole lives about an idea like that and what other things come to mind um, and so forth and so on. That, that should, that should, we should get the point. What's going on if we try to peer behind the, the individual instances and try to uh, form a, a general rule, what, what might it be? So it would say that our good, in order to, to, to attain our true desires and to, to attain real life and the kind of existence that we want, we have to be growing. And we have to be growing intellectually and not simply, obviously, in size and width, not simply as it concerns something external. Right? When we externalize our growth and think that, you know, I have a new deal going on, I have a new, I'm going to, a new career move, I'm moving, I'm going here, I'm going there. That's called externalizing uh, our growth. We're talking about uh, what well, we can call inner growth. It's a growth of our understandings, a growth of our thought. Uh, and from that stem genuine emotions and not just animalistic sentiments that come and go. And from that stem genuine relationships with others and our, and our lifestyle and all of that. But it, it has to come from that evolution, from that progress of assimilating and realizing clear ideas. So it, it, that's that's kind of what we need to do. We're not kind of, that is what we need to do in order to, to truly be happy, to truly feel alive and all of that. And, uh, excuse me, we can think of it as as a road. Right? We get out on the highway and, and we're driving along. And on this road, however, there are, of course, uh, every so often uh, things that we see and we want to pull over and we want to check them out. And basically, as you can probably predict, the analogy here is that uh, people that have uh, spent their whole life uh, behind some kind of idea like this uh, or, or anything of, of like a sort pulled over at some point in their development but never got going again. They stopped and they stayed there. 
Uh, and the idea is, of course, uh, that we don't want to do that. We want to check out sites that are worth checking out on our journey, on our road trip. But then we want to get right back on the road and keep moving because that's a real good. That the, the, the good is in the movement. It's not simply about getting somewhere. It's not simply about stopping somewhere. It's in the movement. It's not a perfect analogy because we never just drive to drive, right? Uh, maybe at most to get our mind off of something or to, to have a phone conversation, but there's always some kind of other objective. But here we'd say, yeah, the objective isn't the, the movement in itself even. The objective is to attain the good, to have true life, all kinds of nice things, but we have to move for that. Uh, we cannot have intellectual moral, emotional stagnation. We have to avoid it at all costs. And uh, not only do people like that, that are, that are famous examples, that uh, honestly, we're grateful too, because the, the people stagnating in their thought is what kind of also leads progress overall for humanity. For them, it didn't, but for humanity, it does. Because when a person is moving continuously, he or she doesn't get fixated on any of these landmarks uh, on the side of the road. Right uh, on any of these uh, sites, and, and consequently isn't willing to to go to bat for a, 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 some kind of tenth rate idea. Right, if a person is uh, again moving uh, swiftly in their journey of thought and development, are they ever gonna just stop by something such as saying that the sole problem in the world is that the rent is too high, and then dedicate their whole life to to uh, working on that? It's not because not. Again, we're not d- d- debating the merits of, of that particular position, but just uh, as it concerns our development, not the position. Uh, of course not. Right? So, but uh, history certainly has needed plenty of people that have become fixated on something, no matter how minor or how ridiculous it might seem to us now. So we're grateful for that, but we, we don't want to necessarily, or we certainly do not want to, to replicate that ourselves, right? It's like we're, we're grateful that some people have sacrificed their highest good for to uh, for some other ends. It's uh, we're very appreciative, but doesn't mean that that we want to uh, do it ourselves, right? So consequently, and the problem, right? So the problem is that uh, most of us, not only those famous examples or famous examples they have, but most of us, the vast majority of us, we do stop in our journey. We do stop in our thought. We evolve obviously from the time we're born to to. Uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, maybe 16, 17, 18, right around there, but it's like a car coming to a halt, right? And it's at some point, uh, it, the, the car grinds to a halt when the uh, kind of uh, pressures of the real world forces to, 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 to make a base and solidify our, our position emotionally, intellectually, and we stop. And that's it. And we're, it's like water that freezes, like a popsicle in the freezer. It freezes. And uh, then we spend our whole life at that point of development when the road is infinite, the road to, to our good, that the good that we can have, the wisdom that we can acquire, uh, the, the love that we can develop for others, the, the inner world that we can um, acquire and develop and, and keep advancing. Right? Just, uh, and just uh, more than that, just the, the good itself, which we can't put into words, the experience of uh, experiencing existence as intrinsically desirable. It's infinite, right? As far as we have any grounds to think. It's not, oh, there, there's a stop. That's it. You, you've gone as far as, as you can go. It's infinite, right? And yet, b- virtually all of us, we stop somewhere very early on like this in the road. And then, of course, we defend our point of growth. It's like, again, a fort, right? We, we stopped it. We uh, encamped. And now we're defending it. And now every other person has stopped in some other part uh, of the journey as well. Or again, j- just about all of us. Next, no exceptions. We've stopped somewhere, and so we're also defending. And so that's what well, that's what we always have is, is a person who 
has, has, whose growth has stagnated and uh, whose self-esteem and pride and emotions have gotten involved with that specific point of development and, uh, and, and a person is willing to, to live and die for that. And it's very unfortunate. And consequently, it's about all of us that are at all individuated. We're kind of uh, pathological basket cases. Uh, our whole psychology forms around defending this, this minimal degree of development that we have. And, uh, and that's it. And again, if we want some specific examples, hopefully that don't apply to any, any particular person's uh, listening, although it doesn't matter because that's the, the whole point is we want to get to know ourselves and get moving and get improving. So if it does apply to us, it's good. But maybe somebody developed a coping mechanism to be uh, um, a hoarder when they were 19 years old. Right? They, there's an emotional kind of uh, gratification to hoard things, a lot of insecurities, a lot of uncertainties, and it feels good. At least I have my stuff. I can, I'm hoarding, you know, whether it's money or hoarding uh, trinkets or, or who knows what. All right, so this is an idea. And it's, it's a just like the rent is an idea. This is also an idea. This is a concept. I need to hoard things. So now a person has stopped ground to a complete halt there. Now it's fine. No problem for a month, two months, a couple of years. But chances are then that becomes the coping mechanism. That becomes the method with which a person feels good about him or herself. And consequently, it's never revised and the movement never starts. And, and then 50 years goes by, person is still a hoarder. That's still their whole uh, uh, existence. The, the, everything that they know, everything that they feel is only as it concerns their, this, this habit of theirs. Right? If somebody doesn't support it, they're done. I don't want to know anything else. I don't care about anything else. I just want to continue to, to hoard things under my bed or in my attic. Whatever the case may be, right? We find these cases in the news sometimes. A house is... Somebody dies inside of the house is a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, or ten thousand, uh, some kind of other weird objects, or, or who knows what, right? Or, or somebody's whole coping mechanism is to to be uh, to, to to clip coupons and, and and be super stingy, which can be great. Again, we're, we're not; it's not bashing any particular thing, but to stop at it is the problem. Right? So now, a person at at uh, twenty-two years old, they begin to. To, to clip coupons obsessively, that becomes the number one thing. And now 50 years uh, later, it's the same thing, right? Or we form some kind of uh, poorly thought out view. We have a couple of statements and sentences that we begin to make when we're 15, right? And then uh, we keep making them for the next few years. Our pride gets involved. And uh, for now, for 70 years, we're still making those statements. We haven't heard a single new idea or we, we've heard it, but we've rejected all of them. We certainly haven't assimilated them and realized them, and that's it, right? Is this life? It's not life. It's it's uh, it's nothing that we want. But all of us do this in some way or another, or just uh, these are more concrete examples. More generally, it's that uh, our coping mechanisms are means for uh, acquiring self-esteem and preserving and striving for dignity. Our notion of what success looks like, our values, our understandings of others, our notion of morality, our notion of point and purpose and meaning. Uh, our notion of what's good and what's bad, right? all of that, these things uh, uh, remain as they were for all of us that have stopped moving, which is essentially all of us at a very early phase of our development. The way that we thought about things, again, not 17, then 18, not 18, then 19, 20, whatever, in our very early days, and that's how it is always. And we can see, we can go to a senior citizen home and, and speak to the people that are in their 90s and their 100s, uh, 110s, maybe 120s, maybe on rare occasions. And a person is still psychologically the same general sort of person that he or she was decades and decades and decades ago. It's the same thing. Nothing 
has changed. The person has, views things the same. Even with a degenerated brain disease, the person may not even remember uh, their youth. The person may not remember anybody else, not be able to recognize anybody. But that stubbornness to, to these couple of really simple ideas and simple coping mechanisms we see just about always remains. As long as the person remains sentient and cognizant of anything at all, it remains. It's incredible. All right, so we see it's a big tragedy and it precludes any possibility of true success as a human being, of true happiness, of true relationships with others, of true love and connection with others. And all that we have is our stubbornness and is our little pride and holding on like a pit bull to a juicy steak to our, our little tiny degree of development of a 15-year-old, of an 18-year-old, whatever, whenever we stop developing. For some of us, it's 12 years old, 13 years old, uh, whatever the case may be. All right, so what do we do? What do we do? We have to, uh, cons- to, to understand first that the, uh, beginning to move inside is a question of life and death. Life and death is not only a question of whether or not our heart beats or whether or not we're injecting the latest... Uh, supplements that that'll keep us youthful forever it's not only that and we want to do that fine but it's not just that it's also our inner existence it's our inner reality that what we've been speaking of so consequently if we have stopped moving we're dead we're dead inside we have where we have a tiny little bit of life a tiny little connection with with the truth with reality with a couple of ideas and that's it but that that's it's a, it's a minimal basic form of life so we understand that in order to really live and come alive, it's not about that. Oh, let me go uh, wave my hands on the uh, the beach in the Bahamas or Bermuda or something. It's not only that. That can also be nice, but it's to begin to move inside at any cost. And we have to scare ourselves. And also, that uh, obviously it, it, be, it becomes a scary prospect to to, to begin to move. We get comfortable, and uh, even if we can acknowledge on some level that it would be good to begin to advance and progress. It still doesn't fix the problem. It's still very scary, but that would be the first step. Most of us will never acknowledge it, never say, what do you mean? Uh, I'm uh, always right because I'm myself. You know, I'm not a sucker. So everything, every single part of my psychology is as it should be. All of my understandings, I'm the most wise, yada, yada, right? And uh, you, you want to dispute me? I'll kill you. Or I'll, uh, at least I'll curse you and, and to talk smack about you and who knows what. That's the, the default, right? But if we can at least on some level acknowledge that we do need to grow, we do need to, to begin moving and that it's a matter of life and death, that'll be the first step. And then probably uh, we need to take a tiny uh, little step uh, to, to get ourselves out of the bog, out of stagnation. We need to at least try to start the engine a little bit. Maybe the engine isn't starting after all these years. To use that analogy of pulling the car over to see a sight, we need to try to at least turn the keys, jingle them around, see if we can start start things up a little bit. And we can do that maybe by trying to, um, there's a number of things uh, that we can do to, to, to challenge ourselves some way, in some way, intellectually. Uh, and we would say emotionally and otherwise, but the thing is when we, when it's not a question of thought, it's not very effective, right? So let's say that we've stopped moving as a human being, but, and we're very scared of um, uh, roller coasters and we go on a roller coaster. Uh, maybe, maybe it can have at least some kind of, slight uh, effect, but it's probably, if it's done thoughtlessly, it's probably going to be extremely short term. It's probably not going to be effective because we don't know what we did. We just know we got scared. Oh yeah, I was so scared and I went on a roller coaster, right? That's it. And then you forget about it, forget about it. And that's it. All right. So it has to be a question of thought. We have to try to understand something new. Right? Maybe a good step is just to say, 
to say something in our mind to ourselves that's conscious. Right? Most of us uh, n- never ever think consciously, conscientiously in our mind. We have thoughts running. I need to go to the grocery store. I'm worried about this. Yada, yada, yada. But ne- we never speak to ourselves in a direct, forthright, uh, clear manner. So that could be a good first step. Just begin to, to, uh, to think to ourselves. If, if possible, some people can't even understand that concept. What does it mean? What, what, think to myself. What? But if we can, we can try to begin. Say, hi. Uh, who am I? Where am I? What am I doing? I'd speak to ourselves. We can try to um, it, it form a, a, a little commitment, a little agreement with ourselves to do something uh, a little bit uncomfortable, but thought, thoughtfully, conscientiously, and that'll be, make us uh, think, uh, think, think twice a little bit about what we do. We can try to uh, understand uh, and assimilate an idea that now is emotionally difficult or, or we just reject outright because right? uh, obviously our, our stagnation uh, and, and works with our psychology, with our defense mechanisms to where each and every idea that is at all threatening, that is at all problematic, that could at all make us self-conscious, we throw it right away. Either we block it out or if it temporarily makes a, an entry, we expel it. Right? So, uh, we can try to do that and, and we can find some kind of idea that we've always uh, rejected. We've said, no, 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 this is, there's no way this is right. We can try to figure it, figure it out, work it out, work it through. Um, we can try to uh, find a fault in ourselves. right? Again, this kind of, when we stop, right, we begin to, to defend ourselves aggressively because if we're moving, we don't care, right? If we think we're a piece of dirt, but as long as we're driving, so what? I'm not going to be a piece of dirt in a month, in two months, in two years, in five years, but eventually... I'm going to be better. But if we've stopped and we're still not exactly, not a piece of dirt, right? Then we're defending ourselves, right? Because that's all that we have. So we, uh, uh, consequently, a great way is, is to try to find a, a fault in ourselves, uh, is to try to pinpoint something and consciously, specifically that we can work on. Maybe I need to work on, on my anger. Maybe I need to work on uh, my uh, attention, my, my wisdom, whatever the case may be, my relationships with others. Do that. Then we can try to challenge ourselves by concerning our understanding of other people. Remember, the fact is that every single person means good and uh, is, is stuck at their own level and, and does what he or she believes is good for that particular degree of stagnation. Uh, but uh, we don't acknowledge that. Obviously, we only acknowledge the motive of ourself. That's why we always justify ourselves no matter what we did. And maybe on occasion, some people that make us feel good, that apologize extra hard to us, and so forth and so on. So we can try to challenge that concept and we can try to understand how everybody means good. We can try to find something positive in an enemy of ours. And a lot of us, we viscerally hate a lot of people. Anybody that, again, can, can make us feel not so good, that, that threatens our, our self-concept even a little bit. We really, really hate them. So we can try to find something positive in people like that and, and try to understand how every person is, by necessity, means good just as we do. It's just our inadequacy. It's just our... A lack of, of progress that leads to our nastiness and, and meanness and all of that. That's another thing. Um, but basically, whatever we do, it has to be genuine. It has to be sincere. And that might be the biggest problem. Right? Because uh, in, our, in our pain, in our misery at having stopped moving, we can turn and we do turn to any kinds of things. We, can, we turn to a, a self-helping book. We turn to the latest uh, you know, online course for $9.99 off or whatever. We turn to uh, the uh, some kind of uh, uh, person that uh, is telling us, "Oh, you just need to do this. It's just a simple trick, right? You just need to." These are also. It all comes down simply to pay the, the paying attention to now, right? You have to pay attention to the present, and that's it. That's all you have to do. Or it all comes down to being uh, uh, 
you know, cleanliness. It all comes down. These are all examples of people that stopped in their thought, unless they're straight up swindlers. But everybody else that has stopped in their thought, or not everybody else, but plenty of others that have fall for, for that kind of stuff or take that kind of stuff. And then it, it, it creates the illusion of movement, right? It's like I'm uh, doing these exercises which make me uh, so empowered and so much better than all these other people that are not. Look at me. I'm humming here in the special pose, right? So this is not movement. What we have to do is it has to be totally true. It has to be totally sincere. It has to be coming from a, a place of, of loneliness and, and a real desire to improve ourselves, and and, and uh, on that note we could probably end by saying that that could actually be really the first step is just to try to understand how low we are and how badly we have to get moving and uh, and the, the quicker we can understand that the quicker we can get moving because as soon as we get it the, we're, the engine is going to start right if we simply can acknowledge our wretchedness if we can acknowledge our loneliness we're gonna, that that's the first step. We're going to be on the road. And in a couple of, again, months, in a couple of years, we're going to be uh, perhaps infinitely, we're not infinitely, but uh, indefinitely, immeasurably better than we are now. But as long as we don't, as long as we uh, employ all of that psychological arsenal to, to, to safeguard our pos- current position on the road, now we will never begin to grow. And finally, we'll undo it with, with a story. I remember one time uh, a fellow stopped me on the street asking for some money, began to talk to him a little bit. And he told me I was in his kind of retirement years, just got let out of the pen for multiple murder charges doing a couple of decades. Now he's challenged by substances and challenged by lack of a home. And and as, you know, on paper, not neither a worldly person successful in a worldly sense or a person successful in, a, in any other kind of sense. And yet this fella spoke for around the, maybe 30 or so minutes about him, himself and about how he is the greatest thing, how he's the salt of the earth, how nobody's quite like him. He has the most unique qualities and the most unique sense of humor and he could beat up any other old guys in the street, all these kinds of things and more and more and more, right? So we see for, for, from a, a clear example like that, and obviously that's not a single example. There's That's exactly what we would expect from persons in certain situations, uh, uh, we see, right, that the way for him wouldn't be to feel good about himself. Yeah, I need to to, to think positive of myself, right? And then I'm going to be, be good. I need to improve my self-esteem, so I'm going to talk even more about myself. Maybe I have a double nice sense of humor, or, or my, my beard is is really, the, the hairs are just extra smooth and silky. Right, would that be the way? No. Would the way be for him to, to, uh, uh, to, to, to read somewhere in an ad that he can be in the top 0.1% by doing a special pose, standing on his head and humming a special tune, right? would that be the way? No. <laughs> would it be something just, right? as you say, just do this? right? Would it be one of those things, uh, the very simple thing, like, oh, um, you just need to uh, pay attention to, to uh, the, the present moment. Okay, now he's paying attention to the present moment. It wouldn't be that either. The first step would be for him to acknowledge his wretchedness, his loneliness, to get all of those defenses down. And as soon as he would do that, which there's no expectations, we're not being unrealistic here, but let's just say in theory, as soon as he would do that, then he could begin to grow. On the inside, right? forget about the outside. That's, that, that's a separate affair. On the inside. So the same thing holds for you and I. So let's think about it and uh, get moving at any and all cost. Thank you for listening.